Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here we all are again. Welcome along. This current series of At The Table, as you will know by now, we are looking at strange things. So we've already looked at our own weird stories of going to church and being Christians and talking to Christians. And just a reminder that for the fifth episode of this series, we would like to hear your weird stories. So get thinking as we're talking and send them along to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email. Mm, mm, I've mm. run out. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know, carve it onto a stone tablet and have it couriered by motorbike or whatever. Go for it. Um, but <laughs> today's episode, episode three, we're going to be talking about strange things in the Salvation Army. So I thought I'd do a quick heads up. You may be listening to this and you've not been to the Salvation Army. You may not really have heard about the Salvation Army very much. So probably worth saying that the Salvation Army is a church and a charity that is present in 132 countries around the world. Um, It all started in London, back in Victorian England, by William and Catherine Booth. And yeah, here's a few terms. We have meetings on Sundays, which is what the worship services are called. Um, Our ministers are known as officers. Our churches are called core. Um, There's a type of membership called um, soldiership or being a soldier. Um, But they're all different terms for things that you might be familiar with from other churches. But there are differences from other churches too. So that's probably what we're going to end up talking a bit about today. But yeah. We say all of our things with a lot of love for mm. the Salvation mm. Army or the Army, as we call it. Um, but we think it's important to laugh at yourself as well sometimes. So that's what we're going to do today. So, yeah. as always, Beth, Lucy, and John are with me. Does mm. anyone have a strange thing that they want to kick things off with? Go on, then, Beth. So, the top one, the first one that I thought of, which is probably not my favorite one on here, which is a strange thing, but it is very strange, is billeting. Okay. Now that is a term that, and we talked about it in the Christian thing a little bit, Lucy, with your story about going to Sweden. Yeah. So because there are quite a big number of Salvation Armies, I'm speaking very predominantly about uh, the UKI territory, so the the UK and Ireland territory, which we are a part of. Um, I don't know if it's the same in other territories and other countries, but I'm speaking very specifically about that. So if you listen internationally, let us know if this is the same with you if you go to the army in other countries. And also bonjour. And <laughs> g'day mate or hola or um, hey or whatever else. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what the language <laughs> covered there. Yeah. Dan. Um, there we go. Another one. Um, anyway. Uh, Were you an interpreter in another life? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, So billeting is essentially when you are travelling to another church slash core for an event, you would stay with people at that church. So I'm going to give you an example. So when I was in the singing company, which is our junior choir, um, the junior choir were going to Droitwich Church, Droitwich Salvation Army. So all of us members in the junior choir would stay at the adults' houses of people who were at that core. And when you tell people, particularly your friends at school, 
that you are going away for the weekend to stay in somebody's house who you have never met. <laughs> the looks on their faces are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And if you, like, I can only imagine if you are, say, like, if John wasn't an army person or hadn't grown up in the army and I'd like, oh, yeah, when I was little, I stayed at this man's house that I never knew. You'd you be like... Mate. Do, you know what I, do you know what song I'm thinking of? That Tim Vine... Alarm bells, <laughs> alarm bells. <laughs> it's it's very it's an odd situation. And can you imagine like school trip? Um, and the teacher's like, yeah, we're going to be going to uh, Devon for a few days. Um, you'll be staying with uh, some of the teachers from the school there, um, just in their houses. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Isn't you're it? staying with a caretaker, Timmy. You'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> and can, can I just so you don't stay alone? You normally stay in pairs with somebody. So I stayed with my friend, Perry. Um, But you'd always... But it's it's a very weird thing. And we we went on a a Salvation Army weekend away, the four of us, um, before the pandemic, obviously. But at the last one that... No, it wasn't the last one we went at. It was the one before the last one. Um, do you remember when we sat around the campfire and we all got into the complete hysterics about weird things the army does? Billeting was brought up. That's mm. how I remembered it. It was, you, we just do that. And so, and also it's weird because, yeah. so taking you back, I'm 14 years old. I'm, I'm going to draw at which core. You've done your the Saturday evening, like celebration festival. concert. Yeah. Festival. You then, you still haven't met this person. And then you like line up in a little line and they're like, Oh, Bethany and, Perry, who was all staying with, was like, here's your family. And you just like get in their car and drive to their house. Sounds like a World War II evacuation. It It does. It's very odd. But we're in this car. And so there was a a lady and a a gentleman. And the gentleman was significantly older than the woman. And Perry and I made the very wrong assumption that it was her father. (laughs) (laughs) And Perry made, said something and, and I were like, oh, maybe not. And then when we got home, when we got to their home and there were like family pictures of them on the wall, like that they'd had professionally done, we very quickly gathered that they were not father and daughter, but in fact, husband and wife. And later in the weekend, I think it was the Sunday roast or it was Sunday breakfast. They alluded to the fact that he was 80 and she was in her early 50s so there was a big gap and he recognized because he had grown up daughters and but they also had daughters as well but like that's just a weird circumstance i I was put into (laughs) not you know but you and that shows how you do not know these people i'd never met these people i can't even remember their names now and you don't ever see those people again you just stay in their house for a weekend and then that's it that's the thing you don't get to know them do you like like you say you just rock up and you go and stay in this person's house eat their food yeah, but you give them your life story. You do. Like I told them about all the things I like about school and my dreams and hopes. And I'm like, but I've never met you and I never see Bye. you again. <laughs> so weird. So that's my first one. That's a... That is a strange thing. So you've been a billet. Mm-hmm. Have you ever hosted a billet? Yes. Oh. So we are uh, sitting born course church. Oh, I'm just going to say church because it's just church. It's church. Sitting born church uh, hosted the international staff band of the Salvation Army. So in the Salvation Army, we are known for our brass banding and we have many territories have their own bands that are made up of people who absolutely love and adore and are considered to be 
strong, good musicians. So they are able to go into this band and they tour internationally and they go around the territory. And we've had both the band and the choir at City Morn. So when they come and stay, they're always billeted. So we know people who are in the songsters, which is the choir and in the band. And wherever they go, they will bill it with somebody. So we hosted two men, didn't we? And then we hosted two women um, for the songsters. Mm. And one of them happens to be our good friend now. Um, oh. And I think it was, it started because of that. You know, after that, we messaged. They were closer to our age. I think it's easier when you bill it and it's a younger person. Like we stayed up with the two girls from the songsters talking for ages, didn't we, John? Mm. Um because they're closer in age and mm. I guess it's nicer for them to bill it with people that are close in age, but it's about experience, but it's nerve wracking hosting because like you want your house to be nice. You want the bed that they sleep in to be comfortable. Like, mm. Which, like you say, it's odd. You feel like you're a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like they're going to leave breakfast. a review on Expedia or something. Uh, breakfast <laughs> yeah. will be served between 8.30 and 9.00. Yeah. You, know, you so, must check out by 9.15. Like, like I was messaging them before, like you had them on Facebook, but I didn't. Yeah. Well, I went to music, camp or band camp or whatever you want to call it with with them so i knew them so you're messaging them like what foods do you not like so we had like supper when they got back after the saturday and then making sure they had the breakfast if they had any allergies you know all of these things but it's it's a weird experience i actually really enjoyed it i was stressful coming up to it but i really enjoyed having people in there and mm. that i preferred hosting to actually being a billet so mm. i remember when at maidstone we went to nottingham and that was the weirdest thing. Again, an old couple, and it was me and my, you know, my friend, and it was the weirdest thing ever mm. because it was like, you just don't know how to act. You don't have to joke around. You don't have to be really sick. But when you're hosting, you can be kind of how you are. You like, control you know? it because it's your house. So Have you? Mm. Have you, you Joe and Lucy? Billeted have, or billet? Yeah, I've be, I don't know what the verb is. I have been a billet. I have billeted. Mm-hmm. I've been a billet. What does billet even mean? I know. It comes from the uh, military, doesn't it? Um, I think it means to stay at, isn't it? Yeah. Because oh, okay. it's billets, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I've been one. I can't now remember where it was. I thought it was in Sweden, but it may not have been. But it was on some sort of tour. It was either Sweden or Germany. Oh, someone's doing well. Oh, multi-tour. Oh. We've been around a few times. Wow. Um, and it was with my mum and my little brother, who was four or five at the time. So... Yeah, again with an older couple, and you just sort of after your Saturday evening concert, you kind of go back and just have dinner at their house. Get in their car, like. Yeah, and then you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, I'm still here. Oh. <laughs> I, I can't remember your name. Weird in a <laughs> different language as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it was abroad, but I can't remember where it was now. But no, I've not ever hosted one. We've never really had a spare room to do that. I would do it now, though. We've got a floor. <laughs> Um, I've been fortunate enough to only ever stay in hotels when I've oh, gone away. Wow. Oh, go. uh, yes. So <laughs> I look down stars. on you lot and laugh. <laughs> you meant to laugh there, so I didn't seem like <laughs> oh, really sincere. I, you, I was waiting for you to actually laugh. laugh at you. Filleting is not a financial solution, Joe. It's a fellowship. So you've never, so you've only ever stayed in hotels. Yeah, I mean, ever? when I say ever, I mean it's happened twice. So Joe, as um. In your job, so you work for the army internationally as a communication specialist, and you have travelled a fair bit um, with the army. When you travel with them, have you ever stayed in officers or people from their territories' houses, or have you only ever stayed at hotels? 
Well, um, on the whole, actually, I've been fortunate enough to stay in hotels. And I say fortunate because I know, like, you know, there's a cost to doing that. Um, and it's been nice to have somewhere to kind of switch off. Um, and I always enjoy staying in a hotel. So, but um, when I went to Brazil, I was lucky enough to stay in the um, Salvation Army headquarters building there, um, which is kind of like a tower block in the middle of Sao Paulo, like one of the biggest cities in the world. Um, and it was just kind of a little flat there um, on, I don't know what it was, like the 11th floor. And I had the most amazing view out the window. But it was quite cool staying in that building because people, um, people like coming and going on sort of um, Salvation Army business. Um, and they had um, one of the floors there was like a place where they train Salvation Army officers. Um, so they had all kinds of things going on there. So that was like a slightly different experience, but it was really mm. interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess that's another way to connect with people. Mm. So I think that's obviously... There's lots of examples there and mm. although it's weird and I, and if I came across saying like I was completely bashing it, I, that's not how it came <laughs> across because it's it's an odd thing, but actually they're the fondest things. Like I've always got that memory and I'll never speak to those people again, but... <laughs> <laughs> they were horrible, horrible. Why aren't um, you They called you. Where are they? But I, they wouldn't even, like they, like, they don't know about my... Like, I was 14 then, so, you know, they won't know my maiden, married name, all that. But I won't... I may never have an opportunity to speak to those again. It's probably a better way to say it. Yeah. But we had this weekend of shared fellowship and community that could only have been brought together by our shared love of Christ and by our shared fellowship within the church and the body of the Salvation Army. And that actually is really beautiful. Like we were saying about the Sweden thing, like... Billeting is an odd thing, but you are, it's almost like you just automatically trust and have faith in those people because they're part of your community and body as a church. Mm. And that's a huge thing. Like, you know, especially I think today that seems like the bizarrest thing because of how safe conscious and safeguarding and um, how real the world can be to do those things. But it's a, it's a really, it, it can be a really beautiful thing. Um mm. And it's a beautiful fellowship thing, but it doesn't deny. It's really strange. <laughs> um, Beth, actually, I had one that was kind of related because you were talking about where you stay when you go traveling. But one of the things I jotted down was um, the phrase. I don't actually know if it's an um, army phrase or if it's a church phrase, but I'm going to go with army because that's the only place I've heard it. But I think it's quite r- widespread. The phrase is... Traveling mercies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like it's a phrase that is not used um, certainly outside the church, let's say. Um, <laughs> and then whenever anyone goes anywhere, makes any kind of journey, whether it's home, down the road, or like across the country, we pray for traveling mercies. Um, I didn't even know what this meant as a child. It's only as I got older that I sort of, I don't know, I think it sounds a little bit like a pub. Like, we'll go down the Travelling Mercy. I don't know. Um, the Secret Salvation Army pub. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's one of those weird ones. Um, but having said that, I think it has quite a nice sort of thing behind it, which is just praying for a safe journey. Why can't we just say safe journey? That's yeah. much easier. But um, it's just like praying that, for example, the car works properly. There's no accidents and it's not 
bad traffic and all that kind of thing. I think it's quite a nice thing when you say goodbye to someone mm. to kind of remember all that stuff. Yeah. Um, just pray for safety. But it is a strange one, I think. I think we have a lot of those like small sayings that are quite unique to the Salvation <laughs> Army. Yeah. Like that, like promoted to glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I say that often, like when I remember when I talked about my granddad, I was like, oh, he's been promoted to glory. And everyone's like, I work. They're like, Whoa. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, I must pay really well. <laughs> and Which actually means they've passed away. Passed away. Yeah. That's so obviously. It's that's just a, and it is a. When you think about it, that is a really lovely way to say that somebody has died. They've mm. been promoted to the like the highest honor on like ever mm. in, into glory. Like, mm. it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because that is a beautiful way. But it's, I think it also, it just is odd. Yeah. People don't understand it when you use it to someone who's not going to understand it. Yeah. yeah, and then you have to explain it, and it's like yeah, <laughs> it loses its meaning. Kind of yeah, loses, it it. Yeah. Mm. My example is about the amount of time that we spend at the army or with the army or doing things for the army. And a lot of it, I mean, all of it we do for free and Mm. for the love of God and for the love of our church and for the love of other people. Um, So I'm thinking your typical week pre-COVID, start with Sundays, you've got your Sunday morning meeting, you've got your evening meeting. Often there might be something in between like a lunch at the hall or you're doing an open air somewhere. So you might spend all day at the army, like 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. all day just down there. like, And it's just normal. And like, you're with your mates all day. But if you don't go to church or you don't go to a church that does that kind of thing, that might be quite strange. Like after the service, you kind of turn the hall into a bit of a lounge, don't you? And everyone's kind of gets a bit cash and has a bit Mm. of downtime. And then you have some lunch. And it's just quite nice though, isn't it? that's, That's... pretty strange thing to do isn't it to spend all day at your church and i feel like it might not be specific to the army but i've never done that anywhere else i've only seen that at the army where there's like so much going on that you're just there the whole time Mm. i think it's worth saying that um like people do that because they want to um for the most part um people spend that much time there because they really enjoy being part of that friendship group it's like a family Mm. i think um that's what makes it strange to an outsider it's like oh gosh what a burden but actually people do it because they want to be there and i think it's also the case that you know if you're someone who just wants to come for an hour's worship or to play at the band rehearsal or whatever like we would absolutely love to see you there just for that one service a week. There's absolutely yeah. no pressure to come to any more than you are comfortable being at and feel happy being at. Um, I think people would much rather see you there for that and come to nothing else than feel scared that you're going to have this pressure put on you to come to more. Tell you what, yeah. going after a long day at work, going to choir practice on a Wednesday is like, the most lovely thing like just spending time like making music mm. seeing friends and mm. focusing on something else that's yeah, exactly. like the perfect thing yeah, so but ma- now we've had a pandemic and we've not done this for over a year it's gonna be weird mm. going back like we've had so much free time before this we maybe had one evening at home a week and mm. like that would be our one like film evening now which film every night because yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else to do so going back to doing that is going to be challenging 
Mm. Because we were just so used to it and you're so in this routine and it's a great routine when you know when you're used to it but then I think suddenly it might be a bit of a shock to the system and you realize how many hours you were putting into it mm. but you know obviously not resentfully it's what you want to be doing you're you're choosing to be there mm. but yeah to anybody who doesn't go down to their church no. five six times a yeah. week this it's quite thing. weird isn't I it I think there's going to be a massive withdrawal symptoms like from this whole thing because I think like you say that we the army is very good at doing and I think a lot of lot of you know wherever you're listening to this your local salvation army probably do quite a lot in the community and i think as soon as it stopped i think people are going to really like going getting back out and doing everything like you're saying like you've got used to almost having that time with you with your kids and with your family when that then goes and it's almost going back to what it was before i think there's going to be a real like difficulties in there for us to get back to like doing again yeah, when we've we, just been being us, you know. And then not just during the week, but once a year we have this residential summer school that some of us are staff on. And so you spend a whole week volunteering at this, you know, residential camp. It's absolutely exhausting. It's not a holiday. Mm. <laughs> it's, no. It's like full on youth work. Um, and yeah, and you just, you do it all for free. You've taken a week's holiday for it and you're just there like loving life. It's really great. Mm. But, no one gets that, do they? Like, when I've had to take time off for I'm like, oh, we're doing a summer school. They're like, the dinner what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Uh, staying at a school with a lot of young people, and we're not going to get much sleep, yeah. um, and I'll be exhausted when I come back on Because you come back to work, <laughs> so, and you look absolutely yeah, worn out. Yeah, like you need a holiday after <laughs> yeah. it. But again, I don't, I don't think many churches do, like, regular residential youth camps like that, do they? Or do they? Not that I've seen. Some, I'm some sure some do, do but yeah. I mean, it's like a big thing in the army, isn't it? Yeah, these are run often by area so regionally so we do one as as the southeast with the mm-hmm. london close london um salvation armies so um and then i'm like in the north they'll do one geographically um so there are multiple summer schools happening take place but then there's also territorial ones for specific things like music but the ones that we attend are the ones that we've been staff on are specific to a region and are filled with lots of different things but that yeah. is really mm-hmm. weird then you've got just sort of like one day volunteering things. Like we stewarded at a Governor B rap concert mm-hmm. last year, didn't we, before lockdown. And again, that was just a Saturday that we gave up to, you know, be part of this thing. And it, it's just really cool to be part of that yeah. community that wants to be together, wants to share together. And, you know, just no, no one expects you to do all this stuff. You're not you know, forced to volunteer. It's not like, oh, you're signed up to the Salvation Army, you're going to yeah. do this many yeah. hours volunteering. Yeah, small you're print, just like, right. yeah, <laughs> you are assigned this many hours. Like, yeah. you just you just want to be part of it. And it's lovely mm. that there's all these people come together. This was a, another youth work event, wasn't it? Mm. So it was just great. There were so many people wanted to come together to support the youth in this event and just be part mm. of it. And I think that's a really nice thing about church that you don't really get outside of church in my experience the family community aspect of it all yeah. is is just you know next to none really mm-hmm. like like you say you feel like you've got family wherever you go yeah the, the beauty of it is like if you wanted to if you went to like northampton say as an example you'd know you would potentially know someone from mm-hmm. something because you've been on a week with them a residential thing with them you know like we've you know in our jobs we've been able to go to like pioneer gatherings and stuff like that and see people that are in Scotland and get to know people that are in Scotland and 
now obviously with the pandemic we've been able to zoom with people that are in scotland and stuff so you get to know people and you feel like they're part of what you're doing even though they're miles and miles away Mm. um and that's definitely a real beauty although it is a a strange thing that you you probably you know me and beth used to laugh you know we always used to say that we we spent more time there than we did as a married couple <laughs> because you you were spending pretty much the entire like you've said about you two like you spend the majority of your your week with other people yeah and then you're married and and I guess like you guys found when you you know being relatively married quite soon before the pandemic hit I bet I was like oh yeah now it's just us two like it's just interesting isn't it how mm. big of a part of your life the Salvation Army can be mm. there's definitely a balance to be struck but yeah if it's part of your life it's a really nice thing mm. actually john that's something that i'd written down at too like the way you connect through the salvation army like mm. and, you know you talked about across the country and i've been lucky enough to meet people in different parts of the world or from different parts of the world and because you're part of the same organization it's like so many barriers fall yeah. down just the natural barriers of human contact um mm. where you're a bit guarded soon as you realize you have this connection you suddenly realize that you have that that same understanding of something that's so big in your life i guess um i just think that's a really nice thing it's like being part of a big family and i'm sure other kinds of church have that too yeah but Mm. it's something that's special about the salvation army and because we have things that are so strange and in other spheres of our lives if particularly if you um work in secular employment other thing people don't get so when you go to us when you go into a new circle that they do understand that you're like shared things let's laugh about billeting let's laugh about music let's talk about you have all these things that you can just share and talk with people so it's yeah (laughs) so it's nice but i was just thinking when lucy and john were both talking about um how (laughs) 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 i was thinking how when we do those things, when we volunteer, and it links off of what you were saying though, Joe, that it doesn't ever, and I said it doesn't feel like work, but it doesn't also feel like a chore because you're with your friends. Mm. Like when we did that volunteering for the summer school or the Governor B concert, like it didn't feel like a day of work or even really volunteering because you're just hanging around with your friends. Yeah. Like it's just, and it I remember concert. my mum would be like, yeah. oh, you need to have a day off because you've done this. I'm like, it didn't feel like work. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like I have to warrant that because we have such a good time. Like we, it's that fellowship and we mm. share together. I mean, you know, we have so many funny stories from all of those events, don't we? Mm. That we share in common and that we all laugh about. <laughs> and so they, although it does feel strange to take a week off work and, and we don't do it and we do it for like extending God's kingdom. Yeah. We do it to, we do it for, to like as an honor to God, but also it's so riching to us, isn't it? It's so, mm it strengthens our relationships and it um it's a great week to laugh and to have fun but it's like this like recording this podcast for mm-hmm. joe and lucy this is giving up a weekend mm-hmm. for us it's giving up a weekend in a way as well but for us you know it's we're having so much fun it doesn't feel like work mm-hmm. like even though we are putting in the work to create this podcast we're having we have had some yeah. I mean you're not going to hear some of the stuff because it would have been edited out hashtag spoiler alert but <laughs> we would have you know we've laughed about stuff and had a had a good afternoon so yeah 
But that's what's hard to explain to other people, isn't mm. it? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to band practice tonight. They're like, oh, you're so busy, don't you? Yeah. You know, like, well... Take a rest. Yeah, yeah but this is my <laughs> evening. Like, that's what I want to do with my evening. Mm. You want to watch a film? I want to go to band. Like, it's it's just something you want to be at. It's not a chore. Mm. But it's pretty hard to explain that to someone who doesn't... Who isn't part of that. Yeah. Mm. John, have you got a strange thing? Um, so mine <laughs> is music-related. So the Salvation Army, as I'm sure some of you will know, um, the Salvation Army loves its music. Um, most likely are known for their caroling and being on the streets playing music and stuff like that. Um, but this is about clapping. Oh. <laughs> so I've, I've written this. I said, clapping on the first and third beat is not allowed, only a mixture of beats and styles. And I've put <laughs> hashtag harmony as well because... I just think about all those different things. So when we sing hymns, like obviously lively ones, not your slow ones like a Bible with me or anything like that. But we <laughs> would usually clap. And so they would they wouldn't clap like normal, like <laughs> they'd clap like <laughs> So like it's just such I a don't weird... know what I've never been in that way. It's clap like that. <laughs> oh come no, on. you're right. Because yeah, no. it's like so you're doing that and then I'm here going yeah, like off beats. It's always off beats. Yeah, isn't you it? never have and normal. And it's like the more off beats you do, the better you are. Yeah, and then also like harmonies. Like we just we never sing a hymn all in unison. You have someone who loves to put in a mm. like a high pitch like a desk can, yeah. or you have someone putting in like a tenor part, and then you're like we'll sing Happy Birthday to someone in church, <laughs> and then I mean that's a strange thing in itself, personally. Um, but you'll get. Like the most variety of harmonies and clapping ever. <laughs> we clap a lot of things in church. But surely there's an etiquette to this clapping. Not anybody can clap. No. You can't clap if you are under 35. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Have clap. you ever seen an under 35 clap? I probably I did not. clap. So yeah, so that was that was mine. I just mm. can you just can't go to anywhere in the Salvation Number without there being some sort of erratic Clappingness mm. in a hymn. Mm. Following on from that, tambourines. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same whip kind it of out. rhythm rhythm structure you're talking about. But Absolutely. Yeah, only only certain hymns, not all of them, and not everyone. Which is the weird. I think if a lot of people were on the tambourine, great, you'd be able to bang in time. It's when it's just one person at the back with a tambourine. That's when it's a bit weird. Mm. Were you ever in a tam- uh, timbrel brigade? Mm. We have a an on-off timbal brigade. It sort of gets dragged out at Christmas. Also, <laughs> it's not a regular. But it was always the timbal brigade was always young, so it was always. I think you could start it when you were thirteen, and then it normally went up to like twenty-five. It was considered to be the youth thing at our church <laughs> growing up. But you have to go to like practice, and then mm. you allowed on it, and then you get certain ribbons. And at Christmas, you have tinsel on it. And I remember one time they put. Um, stuck fairy lights in the end of it so it glowed wow. and you thought you were the bee's knees. <laughs> um, but <laughs> timbrels are weird. Women weren't allowed in the band at all though. Yeah. Like, so the women did the timbrels instead. Yeah. As like a, the more feminine approach. Like the one at Canterbury is basically just the students bring it out for the student Christmas carol, whatever. But the rhythms but are so funny. Thing. It's not uh. It's not like the whole core and it's just, mm. it's just the students. But you have the exact rhythms. Like there's always these particular motions in timbrels. I wish you we, you could all see these videos, but video. when you're um, like, this is a question as a non person who's played the timbrel. A non timbralist. Um, 
thank you. Um, when you're like learning a routine, are they like, right, let's do the starfish? Yeah, yeah. the butterfly. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, the butterfly, the cradle. Wow. I've never known that. The routines, they're basically all made up the of crown. like... It's like pulling back the curtain. The crown. Wow. Yeah. Butterfly. They're all made up of different patterns. Angel wings. You just fit in the patterns into the music and then remembering. Wow. And then you basically do the same patterns and then just do them like opposites. You do the butterfly like four times in facing forward, facing that way, facing backwards. You know do they I mean? write it down like a knitting pattern? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Mm. Like, the leader would have it written down and you would just then learn it with the... There's often like elbow slapping. <laughs> yeah, and... I do love the elbow slap. Yeah. And the... And like... The other thing, which I guess could have come under the strange things churches do, flags. Why do we wave flags in certain hymns? What's like, it called? The Glory March. Glory March. Yeah. I'll go in the strength. It's like the army flag comes flying out. It's like, why? There's always the same person goes to get it yeah. and marches it. Marches the all the way down the aisle of the hall to get the flag. And then, and then like, yeah, marches around the hall during the hymn. That's a very but it reminds me of um, last episode, we were talking about people holding their hands up during songs and singing. Mm. It's mm. Um, People do that in the army too, but I think kind of the flag waving and the clapping is all the same kind of thing. Yeah. A, a physical... Like, yeah, it's not just about the singing with your mouth, it's the... Mm. Response physical. to action. Yeah. yeah. Their acts of worship, just <clears throat> what we're saying is they look a bit strange. Mm. Especially if you mm. have not experienced... The first time you see someone do a glory march, that's very strange. Yeah. Mm. Imagine if you literally just walked in, you think, oh, this sounds nice, I'll come in here. And then you see some guy or per- like lady walking around with this flag. Like, yeah, It's not a small flag either. No, it's they are... Like two metres tall. It's like flying a, a big curtain, old thing. isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's somebody's act of worship. Mm. Obviously, we are not mocking it. It's just, it just feels strange. Yeah. So I have another one. Uh huh. Saluting. Mm hmm. So it's. Does anyone know the correct formation? What hand? Uh, left. Right. It's right hand. I knew it was. I thought it was a trick question. <laughs> right like, foot, the... middle toe. <laughs> so if you don't know, the salute is um, on the right hand, pointing your index finger up, um, while no other finger is up on either hand. Um, so it's quite different to like a normal, um, I guess, British army salute, where you'd like put your hand on your forehead type thing. Yep. Um, and so this will be done. I'll give context when this may be done. So... If somebody joins the Salvation Army and becomes an official member known as a soldier during the their enrolment as a soldier, the ceremony part, they will be asked to salute and do that as a, um, a signal. Often um, higher ranking ministers in the Salvation Army may lead a service and a big event and they will often end with the salute. It's Does anybody know what we do um, and why we do it? I I didn't know why I researched it for this episode. Is it because we're the glory is not with us, so we're pointing up to God, as in don't salute me, salute Him? Is that kind of what? Um, that's what that's a really nice way. Was like at the end of a concert, when so the it's not is stop clapping, clapping me. It's, the bandmaster yeah. would like salute up, and they're like redirecting the yeah, like follow <laughs> the, the finger, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like symbolically. Yeah, it's like a yeah. mirror; it's bouncing off and going up to the clouds. Mm. <laughs> um. That is a really nice answer. Um, but it's wrong. That's, it, may, it may mean multiple things, but the research that I found said that it signifies the recognition of a fellow citizen 
of and or traveller to heaven and a pledge to do everything possible to get others to heaven also. On appropriate occasions, it is recognised it is the recognised military salute of the country concerned, but it's not used otherwise in an order between salvationists. So it's mm. not used like when we we don't like when Joe and Lucy came to the house, we didn't like salute. So <laughs> oh like, my goodness. It's not we don't do it in the street. It's it's a more formal thing done now. Um, I think higher ranking officers, particularly the general who is our international leader, um, the he or she, but it's a he currently may do it more often um, when they end a video or a call or something. Um, so say, for example, at our territorial Christmas carol concert at the Royal Albert Hall, Anthony Cottrell, who is the leader for the UK Salvation Army, um, he ended it and said, glory to God, and he finished with a salute. Other people did salute, but not everybody did. Like, I didn't do it. My family didn't do it. Um, but So it's essentially just a, say, a recognition of saying, I'm a fellow traveller, Hello, fellow traveller. We are all aiming to get to heaven and we also want others to get to heaven. Mm. Well, thanks for that, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing we do, though, isn't it? Yeah. Just putting our finger like... But it's, again, it comes under this whole military uh, face that we have as a Salvation Army. Like, all of our thing is very army-based. So, like, having a salute makes sense if you look at it in the grand scheme of things. So, mm, yeah. that's interesting. I never knew that. No, I like the idea that it's like, I always thought it was assumed just saying glory to God yeah, to I, heaven. That's what I thought. I just mm. thought you're pointing to It probably to does God. mean that to yeah. some people if they don't know. That was the research that I found. If you're a Salvation Army expert and I've got it wrong, please come and tell me. <laughs> Does anyone no. else have any other one? No, I don't. No. The mercy seat. So the mercy seat is a designated, even named place in your church hall where people can meet with God. So in my church growing up in Sitting Bourne Salvation Army, it was a brown extended long bench that was at the bottom of the platform um the stage where the minister preached in between them and the congregation it was attached to the platform um built in as part of it and it had jesus saves and keeps in mm. letters across it underneath is always like softer thicker carpet with kneeling pads and tissue boxes <laughs> um in anticipation yeah um but it's often a place where people can go to so it's designed as a place where people can meet with god um and it is biblical um, a mercy seat it's um is is first cited in the old testament as part of the ark of the covenant um but it also has been a massive part of army history so william booth is cited about talking about the mercy seat but he talked about it as a like table where they came to pray and come together and essentially it's just a place where you can meet with god so it can be anywhere but we have kind of shaped and morphed it into being a bench in our church building. But if you don't have a building that's your own, which a lot of Salvation Armies don't, they rent out school halls or chair or other places, they might just get a bench from the school hall or a chair. And I know at Canterbury, you don't, where you two worship, there's not a designated one. It's more chairs, is that right? Currently, yeah. But yeah, John, you had something to say? When... The Salvation Army first started out on the streets, they used to use the bass drum as a mercy seat. So if there was any seekers, as they used to call mm -hmm. them, they used to um, put the bass drum down in the middle of the band and then anyone that was seeking Christ would mm. kneel at the drum and then the officer or the whoever was leading would go down with That's them. Cool. Does that come from military thing anyway, where 
the military make altars out of drums. Mm, you know, they so. like make towers out of all the different drum sizes at in services and mm. memorials. Mm. Is it sort of? I wonder. From that, do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and also it's a very. Um, a substantial thing isn't it like yeah. bass drums quite big it's practical <laughs> yeah i mean if for those that don't know the bass drums that sally army bands carry are probably what probably 40 inches wide would you say they're quite big round things drums. like they're and they're heavy they're a good size of like a decent coffee table yeah, if you like look they're at big a coffee table they're probably that sort of size yeah it's about the size of your coffee table actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. how then, big that is and it would have been that kind of on the floor, so you would kneel at it and feel comfortable kneeling at it, I think. So, yes, yeah, mm. so that's a little bit of history. I feel like um, most of the seats can be a really nice thing because they represent, um, like, you kind of taking a step out, maybe a step outside your comfort zone or mm. kind of being very public about saying, you know, I'm looking for God or I'm mm. looking for the strength of God or the comfort of God or the peace of God or that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I mean, it's important to say that there's no significance um, physically in a mercy seat. It's not no. any more special than no. if you were to stay at your chair or to talk to God in your bedroom at your house or something like that. But it can be a meaningful thing for a person to kind of step forward in that way. Yeah, and I almost, think that's a really nice thing. Yeah, it's like that. I It's almost as if, you know, like... To do that first run, you have to like step outside, but it's mm. almost like to start your relationship with God, you need to do a physical mm. act to do that. Um, but I think the thing that I wrote that perhaps can be strange is sometimes there are rules with the mercy seat. There was growing up. So only certain people, so if somebody went down to the mercy seat, there were only a select group of people who could go to the mercy seat with them. Um, and that it had to be, so if it was a woman down there, only a woman could go with them. Um, and just these like slight rules um, around them, um, which I always found very odd. Um, and there was almost this preconception that you only went down to the mercy seat to cry or to like, if you're in a bad place or something bad had happened. Mm. Um, and they'd always be considered where people would cry and that's why hence the box of tissues. But um, I, have a, I have a very like powerful relationship with the mercy seat not to make that sound weird at all but I um started my like faith journey really only going there when I felt like when things were difficult in my life and going down there to seek guidance but the mercy seat is such a powerful place um to just have real like signified moments with God um just after we were officially married John and I um we went down to the mercy seat at our church together um, which is the place that I grew up in. And we knelt together and a prayer was read over us from John's uh, cousin um, who couldn't be with us at the wedding. And that was pr probably the most favourite moment of my whole wedding day, starting our marriage together, kneeling. And the, there is a picture of it, which we will share on our Instagram page, of me and John kneeling and then the crosses in between us. I get goosebumps thinking about it. Um and it was just this moment of signifying that our union will always be in surrender to God. We recognise that in this moment we are here before God, thanking him for our union. We weren't there as like, a, you know, nothing bad had happened in, you know, at this moment. We weren't here being like, we want to repent. We were here saying, we thank you for this union. Bless our marriage. We serve you. We're on our knees with you at the centre. And that's how we want to start our marriage. And that was 
my fo- most favourite moment of the day. And like summer school, I was thinking when we had that meeting and there was no planned mercy seat, but when we had one of the evening services and there was young people that wanted to be prayed for, how we quickly found some chairs and these children, young people were kneeling there, giving their lives to God potentially mm. and how we as leaders could then come and pray over them. And those moments are just so powerful. And I think your your soul and your spirit can sometimes um, bring you forward. I think that's another thing with the mercy that I love is even sometimes I've seen people that aren't salvation army, they don't really know it. They don't understand what it is, but they can just feel drawn. Mm. Like they feel pulled and like guided there and your soul kind of brings you forward to Holy that place. Spirit moves, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, a story that I heard, I yeah, this is not first account, but um I've heard of stories where people have gone down to the mercy seat blind drunk and they've come up sober. And I find that just I think it's almost like that I'm bringing this to you and leaving this at your feet, Jesus. And then they get up and that's it. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just, to me, that's mind-blowing that that place can be a, you know, it's, it's not used in the way it should be. Um, always. Always. But, like, you know, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing that the army has, but it is a strange thing at the same time. Like, yeah. if you don't understand that aspect. Yeah, and I'm sure to friends who visited our wedding, they were like, what are they doing? We like left the platform that we were on, walked yeah. down these stairs differently separately. in my dress, <laughs> separately joined together, held hands. I had to be like crane lifted down and crane lifted back up. Like it was an... Because it, your dress was so tight. Yeah, because <laughs> I wore a very um, fitted dress. So it was, and on the bone structure in it, it was awkward. But um, like they must have thought, what are they doing? Like, mm. this is awkward. Like you, we could have not chosen to do it because it was our wedding day. So we didn't, And that isn't something that is a ritual part of Salvation Army weddings. It's an optional choice that we chose to do. Um, But it's one of my most favourite. It Mm. was my favourite thing. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That was a... I really enjoyed all those conversations. They were fun. Mm. Yeah, that was nice. It was good to hear about um, something that was obviously so meaningful as well. So I think that's a good place to leave it, actually. And uh, that means we have... Just two more episodes left in this slightly shorter series. So join us next week when we're going to be talking about some strange Bible verses that we have come across or that stick in our mind. Um, Maybe ones that made us laugh or we're just like, what the heck is that about? Um, (laughs) And remember, like I said at the beginning, we're after your strange experiences. Yeah, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to share them. You can do it anonymously if you want. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just reach out to us. We'd love to hear it. But from me, it's bye. And from Lucy, it's mm, bye. Beth. <laughs> Adios. John. Oh. See you later. And I'm going to say goodbye again. Bye. 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 bye.